Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step What's up, bitches? Wait. Should we try this loop thing and see what happens? Gotta, why does it say a minute five? Because everything that Tom was saying previously is now been recorded. It's awesome. all been documented. Forever. Awesome. Tom. Tom told. Tom just told us who killed JFK. And shocker, it was it Russell was Wilson. Cliff Kingsbury's grandfather. <laughs> all right, Tom. So I'm gonna let you, you go ready? off. I'm gonna let you talk your shit right now. Well, first and foremost, welcome everybody to the Second Mouse Podcast. It nah, is a nah, fuck all that. glorious day. It is a glorious Monday, particularly if you are a Washington Commandos fan and you made the Dallas Cowboys lives exponentially more miserable because a team that had nothing to play for, starting a quarterback who had not taken one snap during the entire regular season beat a playoff team that was vying for was it the overall it was a home game in the playoffs it's it's so it, it, they they were a long shot for the number 1 seed a lot had to happen for them to get the number 1 seed but yeah they were ultimately hoping to get that first you know uh, the number 1 seed essentially get the first round by home field advantage throughout but it was very unlikely they would have needed the giants um B squad to beat the Eagles, which they actually almost did. Um, and then the 49ers would have had to lost to uh, whoever's playing quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Right now. I mean, the thing about it is like they had, they had to come into that game planning to win. And it seemed like they had already decided that the Eagles were the better team that deserved to be the one seed because of the way they played. Also hats off to the commanders for actually kicking some ass and showing that they still had something in them for next year. Tom, talk your shit. So the Cowboys suck. They had a full opportunity to win that game. They played all their fucking starters and they went full bore trying to win that game. Commandos playing a rookie, no passes thrown for the entire regular season. They start that game hot. Sent. Sam Howell, his first professional throw in the NFL is a touchdown to Scary Terry. Love to see it. And the wheels fell off for the Cowboys for the entire fucking game. The best part was when um, Dak throws a pass to the right-hand side of the field. Kyle Fuller misses it. He just doesn't catch the ball. And then the second time around, throws it right back at to him, pick six. Story's over. I don't care that the Commandos are not making it into the playoffs. It's not a bad record, 8-8-1, eight, eight, considering how shit this team was all year. 
But the fact that they beat the Cowboys with the Cowboys playing all of their starters and actually fucking trying for the entire game is truly glorious. The only thing that can make this worse or the only thing that can make this like not good is if one, Ron Rivera stays, two, Scott Turner stays, QAnon Jack stays, basically the entire coaching staff stays and they sign a fucking veteran quarterback, probably like a fucking Case Keenum. We're going to do that again. I think Sam Howell is the answer for that team just by his willingness to be patient, to take chances when he needed to, but also too, that 52 yard pass was nice. So, so 11, 11 of 19 for 169, that's 15.4 yards per. Uh, so he was throwing the ball deep and I'm sure that 52 yarder is inflating it a little bit, but um, one touchdown, one interception, but he also had five rushes for 35 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. So yeah. dual threat. Now, Tom, though, you, you said uh, replace Ron Rivera. Give me an idea of like if you're if you're going, it, give me two scenarios here. So if the commanders ultimately decide to just fire Scott Turner. Um, give me a guy that you really want for offensive coordinator. If they do a full teardown. Who is a guy that you want? Hmm. So I don't think they'll do a full teardown only because I think they just like Ron Rivera too much. Although his job is pretty much safe because the Snyders are trying to sell the team and they're not going to like replace everybody before that's done. I honestly would be curious to see what Sam Howell would look like in a Kingsbury offense. There's no question that Cliff can run an offense at Texas tech. He did a pretty good job. And even when um, what's his face, Kyler Murray was not in, mm -hmm. they still played pretty good. So well, first, I, well, first Ron Rivera is not getting fired. Cause he just went into Dan Snyder's office and went, just started saying buzzwords like accountability, hard work teammates. And he's in Dan Snyder's like, I'm sold. You're, you're well, sold. technically he didn't go into Dan Snyder's office because he's not allowed in the stadium. <laughs> well, so what, they, what they have <laughs> is an iPad with Dan Snyder's face on it taped to a mop bucket <clears throat> and they just wheeled mm -hmm. around so he can see everything. So I, I want to push back on the Kingsbury thing for a sec. Okay. Um, because I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think Kingsbury at Texas Tech was spotty at best. He had a lot of losing records there. He had the greatest Texas Tech, though. It is, but he had like the greatest quarterback of this last generation, and like wasn't really able to do a lot with him. Um, the Arizona Cardinal teams, yeah, they do they do okay offensively with Kyler Murray, but I think Kyler Murray kind of kept them afloat. I, I I didn't see anything over the last few weeks that really kind of impressed me that would keep him as an offensive coordinator. Let me throw a name back at you, and I think I mentioned this earlier, Frank Reich. I like Frank Reich. I think it'll be good. Um, I think particularly it could go both ways. Like if he wants to go there and be the offensive coordinator, he can. He's got the chops to be a head coach. I think that would definitely work in his favor as well. Um, got, a raw, got a raw deal in Andy too. Yeah, and that worked out so well for them. Yeah. One other name that – is floating around, and I think you can get him for cheap to be the offensive coordinator. Could be real interesting. Interesting, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, he's. I uh, heard he's available now. So yeah, so I would be curious to see what that would look like. I think, as we talked about last week, I think he's a guy that can 
that he can run an offense, but he can't run a team. Hmm. Um, I'd be curious too. Who's the coordinator for the Bengals? Uh, not sure who the offensive coordinator is in, in Cincy, but what I would also throw back at you, Pep Hamilton would also be interesting. I know the Texans, it's the Texans, but like he had nothing to work with there and they still show up at least in some games. Now I wouldn't have shown up in this last game and cost myself the number one pick, but you know, that's just me. He's had a nice redemption story arc though, being the, being the main guy in Detroit. And then everyone's saying like, yes, he should definitely get a job. And then he ends up getting fired. So really interesting to how, how that's gone. Honestly, we were talking about it in the discord earlier. I, I don't think that they're going to be able to attract major talent. So they're going to have to kind of go dumpster diving a little bit. Um, if Byron left, which gets fired, I think he could probably have a nice little redemption there too. Like, I'm looking at like guys who have been offensive coordinators other places who can at least provide some stability for the rest of that team. I'm not necessarily sure if they have talent to replace Scott Turner, the current offensive coordinator with somebody who's on that team. Honestly, I think the senior leadership for the coaching staff, if Ron Rivera is not going to get fired, QAnon Jack and Scott Turner should go. I just love that nickname. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, so give me some names if uh, if if he ultimately decides to go full scale rebuild. If you think, if you can pick any head coach at this point who's available, I think Ron Rivera is again he's going to stay. But um, I, th- I liked the Frank Reich idea. I think that's interesting. I would be curious. Um, I would be curious to see if they threw a ton of money at somebody like, hmm, I don't know. Come well, back couple, to me on that. Well, Come couple, back to me on that one. A couple, you know, yeah, there's there's obviously um, a couple hot names right now, one of them being Ben Johnson, um, the Lions offensive coordinator. Obviously, the, the Lions offense has been pretty explosive. They took Frodgers out last night. Um then there's, uh, I would say, I mean, Sean Payton is not an impossibility, but I don't know if he's going to want the controversy. And like Snyder's not, whether or not Snyder's in charge or not, they're not going to relinquish everything. Um, Jonathan Gannon uh, from Philadelphia, the defensive coordinator there, done a really nice job there. I, I was, we were, God and I were watching the game yesterday. They have fucking 70 sacks this year. Who is this? The Philadelphia Eagles. So the, the, their defensive coordinator. Two away from the fucking record. Um, Ooh, I got a name for you. Somebody that we've talked about on this show quite a bit who just cannot seem to get a job. Eric Bieniemy. That was yeah. I think he would be really good. I would be curious to see what that would look like. I mean, he ultimately is going to have a young quarterback that he can mess around with, and I think he's got enough credibility where he can tell people what he wants. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of those other names, and while they're good, like. Ben Johnson from Detroit. Um, some of the other guys that are out there. I don't think Peyton would do it. Jim Harbaugh, he's not going to do it. I'm apprehensive about some of these other names because these guys are really, really young. Like um, Shane Stetchin from Philly, D'Amico Ryan's. I think will be really good, but I think no, he I would need. Ryan's. I think he would need to go to like a stable franchise. Like if Mike Tomlin said, "I'm good. I want to retire," he would be who I would call. But I don't know if I would trust a young guy that early in his career 
to lead a completely fucked up franchise. So let me throw. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, God. It seemed like you wanted to. Well, I was just going to throw out a hypothetical, right? Because all of this really is hinging on does Dan Snyder sell the franchise and who does he sell it to? The who does he sell it to becomes a way bigger part of the equation as to who ends up getting hired, right? So, yeah. Who, yeah. Like right now, the only name I've heard is Bezos. Yeah. And that's the only one I've heard of too. And honestly, I think a team in Washington, D.C. is certainly one that's viable. I think the question is, though, is are the Snyders serious about selling it? And I think he's going to – now it's a spite thing, right? Now it's I'm going to hang on to the team until you take it from me. So I'll be curious to see what happens. I, honestly, I wouldn't think that would happen at any point in the offseason unless something drastic changes. Um, Hot take. Hot take. Bezos becomes owner. And coaching powered by AWS. <laughs> Ask Madden. Let's go. The Why Madden not? algorithm. The thing that's basically <laughs> the fucking backbone of the internet is probably a banging offensive coordinator. <laughs> Somebody hacks the system and it's like, just fucking take a knee on first down. Brilliant <laughs> shit. <laughs> I want to, I also, uh, so going back for a second though, Tom, I want to kind of push back on the young thing. Yeah, Mike Mike McDaniel's pretty young. Stable team though, stable franchise. Tom, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that's right. No, my bad. Yeah, but I think that team had pieces in place though. They did, and and obviously they were willing to make uh, some big moves for you know Tyreek Hill and all that, and uh, they 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 traded their first. I think they traded. Uh, did they get Bradley Chubb? Yes. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, they're 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 obviously made a lot of moves, but I mean, I I don't think the commanders are that far off. It's not that they're not like close to being a competitive team. It's just there's so much instability with that entire team, and I say instability by like ownership drama and like they have no quarterback there. Granted, I have a hot take about the Dolphins that I think I'm going to set the world on fire <clears> with. Ooh. Um I I think it's going to be hard for them to recruit like talent when it comes to free agency, coaches and ultimately a viable head coach because you don't know who the owner is going to be and the owner that you do have is a shithead and nobody likes him. So, yeah. I think that that causes a lot of problems there. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I think you also have to be careful if you're talking about just an offensive coordinator, right? Because there is a chance that um, it could lead to um, uh, Riverboat Ron getting fired midway through the season. And then that person is most likely going to be the, the person who steps in and becomes the interim head coach. Yeah. And then you're, you're talking about upheaval. So like, that's why, like, that's why for me, Frank Reich should be the first call. And I think that actually plays to his advantage because he will actually have the in his mind he might have a clear path to getting the job eventually. Um, and you have a young quarterback that who's very interesting, so I think that might attract him as well. Carson Wentz is not going to attract him, but like I'm, I have a feeling you guys are going to try and eat that contract anyway and get him get him out of here. I think they can cut him with no ramifications just because he didn't play enough games. Uh, I don't know how that contract is structured, but maybe. 
I would imagine it's got something similar to what the um, Derek Carr Derek, Derek Carr stuff looks yeah. like. Why they? I don't know why they were playing him so late in the year. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but what do you all say we get into some of the the coach firings that happened? Um, so far, it's only well, Monday. You had a Dolphins uh, thing that was going to set the world on fire. I'm kind Ooh. of intrigued by that because I actually have a bold prediction I wanted to make for the playoffs. So, okay, my Dolphins hot take is they should move away from Tua as fast as humanly possible. And I know that the Tua non fans out there are going to be pissed, but if you think about it, he hasn't been able to play an entire season since he got into the league. He's been hurt every year, and whenever he's hurt, they don't have options that can win them games, minus yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater, shot. I don't want any part of him anymore. Every game he plays in, something happens to him. I'm over that. Um, and ultimately, I think this is just going to be a repetitive cycle with Tua where he's hurt every year, and he's going to hurt that team to the point where they can't get into the playoffs. So your, your point, your take, is that it's about – Injuries more than anything because performance was after what week two or three, they really started to get things into motion. Yeah. And Tua was on fire, probably have definitely having a career year up until his injury. So here's the, here's the issue though, because <clears throat> Miami is kind of pot committed to him, not uh, financially, but they obviously when you go and get Tyreek Hill, you're spending a boatload of money on him and draft picks. Mm -hmm. By the way, first round pick traded. That was the I don't I think that was the one they didn't own. And now the other first round pick is forfeited because of the whole Stephen Ross thing. Yeah. So they don't even have a first round pick to grab a quarterback with. Um, so I just don't I, I I agree with you. Listen, and also this is this is a conversation for the draft as well, because Bryce Young is coming into this draft and he's smaller than Tua. So I think this is going to be a conversation about like, are smaller quarterbacks no longer, you know, going to be, uh, you know, popular at this point? So I think I think it's a it's a question. I agree with you in principle that I don't think Tua's ever going to hold up, and he's already suffered two horrific concussions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think if one more, he's going to have to retire. Yeah. They've all been bad, too. They haven't been like, hey, I bumped my head yeah. in the attic. It's probably, been like... Probably the other big scare injury-wise that has happened this year. Was that, also, was that a Thursday night or a Monday night game? I think it was a Thursday night game. It was a Thursday mm -hmm. night game. Yeah. yeah. And and that was also another really scary one we saw this season. Um, but at the same time, it sounds more like the Dolphins need to find a patch for this issue, right? So where they might not be able to go out and draft a quarterback, is there going to be a quarterback that might be floating around in the offseason that comes to mind hmm. that one might say would be great to have as a hot swap uh, starting quarterback, if need be. Almost like a knight in shining armor to ride across the state to save that team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who, I was, who are you guys talking about? Because I, 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 I was thinking of someone from uh, Wisconsin. West. Oh, oh no, but Ooh. oh okay. So we all have different people in mind. All right, so you you start Gatto. 
I will say Derek Carr's looking for a new job. Okay. And, I like that move, actually. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of things. I think a Derek Carr, Mike McDaniel situation might work out real nice. Um, I also see him as being okay with taking, you know, the non-starting position for a se- season or two. And even even cooling off and just retiring down in Florida, right? How 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 else does everybody else fucking retire? You know, yeah. Just go play in the retirement league. So I, it's a nice sunset spot for him. Interesting. I I think they should go get Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Listen, he's <laughs> can they trade he's... him though? Can they trade that contract? I I would argue though that Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> He's probably not. I'm just I'm just spitballing here because listen, Green Bay, like I liked Christian Watson kid a lot. And uh I think he I think he's uh an up and comer. I really like the, the skill position players they have. But like the reality is this Miami is in a in a spot where they could theoretically year to year compete with Buffalo, right? Because I think they're pretty evenly matched. It's just the quarterback advantage is just so big for Buffalo because Josh Allen's just a, a god. But to me, if you put Rodgers there with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and I mean, you put really anybody in the backfield there, it, it just seems like, and, and again, Mike McDaniel's scheme is, is kind of QB friendly as it is. It just seems like something that would work and it would be kind of Miami kind of going all in. You're muted. Oh, you make a good point, Q, of every squeezing every last worth out of your dollar might as well go for it arguably two of the best receivers in the game having a quarterback that can serve the ball to them at any given moment is critical and you got good running backs there too like you got guys that can take the pressure off of them that way also and and they can always add and have you guys taken a look at the free agent running back class for this year it's fucking insane Josh Jacobs, Saquon. Saquon. Yeah, it's it's it is it is a long list of of really good running backs in this league. So to me, if you are if you're going to move away from Tua, right, which is a possibility. um, I'm going all in. I'm not I'm not I am not taking a fucking chance with, you know, anybody else other than that. So, yeah. So to give you an idea, um, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt. Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs, um, Raheem Mostert, a couple other guys. Pretty, pretty solid class. So yeah, and and that's I not including the guys that are going to get cut too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's certainly a viable option. I think that the challenge is just making sure that they're able to. Uh, either Rogers is willing to be traded to Miami or they're able to make the contract work. I just think that I think Miami has kind of always, um, you know, if you go back a couple of years, they were ready to trade for Drew Brees and then they kind of got a little scared about the, the shoulder injury that he had had. And then they were like, no, Dante Culpepper, he's good. Oof, yeah. And, you know, he goes to New Orleans and the rest is history there. So, like, I, and then, like, I mean, Rogers is almost 40. Right. So he's he's only got a few years left, but you don't have a huge window either because Hill is getting close to 30. It's expen- it's an expensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mike McDaniel's a fucking wizard. Go all in. Yeah. Yeah, I can certainly see that. My uh, my dark horse, though, is the guy they wanted all along, Tom Brady. Ooh, okay. And it okay. gives me it. I don't enjoy saying it, but I think the Dolphins will get their wish and they'll get to play. He'll play there because Brady's got nothing to, frankly, fucking live for at this point. So might as well just play football until you're 50. And I mean, he showed this year that he still has the ability to throw it around and he didn't take a ton of sacks. He didn't play terribly good, but I don't think that team was that good in general. I don't know. I think he'll go there and I think it'll finally be the team that he actually wanted where it's like really good young pieces around him. Um, do you think, do you think that Brady, like, cause a lot of people are saying that Brady is like dead set on going to San Francisco just because, you know, he grew up idolizing Montana. He's a California kid. He always wanted to play for the Niners, you know? So it's like, some people kind of see it as like a like LeBron going to the Lakers type of situation where a team he always wanted to go to. Yeah, he could want to go there. I don't think the 49ers want him, though. You don't think? Maybe as like a tell Brock Purdy to sit a year behind Tom Brady or Trey Lance to sit a year behind Tom Brady, season behind them for a little bit, and then like see what it looks like in a year. I sit there and I say it's a little late for that, right? Like the timing is – a little off at this point for that. I'd agree with that. And they already they already tried that with um Jimmy G, who was who was essentially Tom Brady's, you know, scraps or you Nemesis. know backup. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see that working out as much only because I think makes think a pile shit. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan is also a little bit craftier than that to say, like, we can spend, like, $40 million on Tom Brady or we can, like, see what we have in Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's always there, but we can also spend that money on other parts that we need. I don't – I mean, I I personally think Brady should have retired when they won that Super Bowl with Tampa, but it's hard to to tell some of these guys to go home. But, I mean, we'll see. It's just going to really depend on if I, I think the Dolphins will be panicky enough to try to do it. And I think Brady wanted to play there, so he'll go there. At some at some point, like putting Tom Brady on your roster becomes a gimmick. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about New England being a destination. Oh, fuck. For I, I don't think he, I don't <laughs> think he's going to want to go there either. I mean, you got Joe Fudge, and you got a homeless guy. They're not. They're not. There's no fucking way that they're going into next year. Number one, Bill O'Brien's coming back. That is undoubtedly going. I am. I will throw my fucking hands down and say that I guarantee you, Bill O'Brien will be the offensive coordinator next year. Probably. Was that fucking around over there? And I'm trying to find out. <laughs> all right. So my prediction. All right. It's not a big one. So it's, uh, it's just for this weekend. This weekend, the Jacksonville Jaguars will beat the Los Angeles Chargers in advance. That's not a big, bold prediction, though. 
some some people it is. I like the Jags. I think they have a lot of really good pieces there. I think they could really fuck with some people. Travis Etienne is kind of like that up and coming running back superstar that this league needs. And I think Trevor Lawrence has taken a significant step forward. By the way, you are right, by the way, because it's it, the right now the Chargers are a point favorite over the Jags. I mean, I Jacksonville Jaguars are by far the most lovable underdogs in this playoff, you know, this playoff picture. Um, if that defense shows up and does what it did last week, I mean, maybe, but I also think about the performances that Herbert put in last year around this time and they were phenomenal and he could probably do that again. And I would have to say compared to what they did with the Titans that had no quarterback in that sense, like I just don't see it. And and the other thing is that, that offensive lineman, uh, the offensive line for Jacksonville. I mean, you could, you could put me in there. I'd probably do better. I mean, those guys are professional patty, patty cake players. Like they're like, I feel bad. Like if Trevor Lawrence ever gets a good solid line around him, I think you could see some real great stuff from him, but he's still thrown off his back foot and he's very inaccurate because he's being he's also, rushed constantly. He's also like 22. So I give him a little bit of like leeway with that. I think like for him doing what he's doing right now is pretty incredible. I want to point out also, by the way, 47 and a half is the over under. So it's the second highest of the weekend, only behind the giants and the Vikings at 48. So they're predicting it to be a pretty high scoring game. So, I mean, I believe that. I think it's gonna be a fourteen. I think neither one of these teams burner. plays particularly good defense. So I, I, I'm going. I listen. I am so happy that the Chargers did not hire Brian Dable last year. But like, I've, I've been the one calling for the demise of Brandon Staley. Not looking for anybody to lose their job, but like Justin Herbert is fucking special. And to see him kind of just like. Having kind of an off year this year, it just it just sucks, man. I mean, yeah, I want I him. Out. I want him to get somebody that's like can really like. I I would love to see Frank Wright go to the Chargers, honestly. But, so let me ask you a question then: If Brandon Staley and that team does not advance, do you think they'll cut him and hire somebody else? Look, you're still making the playoffs, right? What if, like, the Chargers, honestly, if, if I'm being real here, if he, if they're a first-round knockout, I go get Sean Payton. Hmm. I, again, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if it happens. It's like, not. The it's Chargers not. are not a team that does turnover that fast, as I, and I'm trying to recall of, like, I mean, you know, how long do they stand by Philip Rivers? <laughs> Probably four seasons too long. <laughs> he he was kind of a legacy guy though. So I mean I kind of get that, but yeah, you but can't squander you can't squander these like prime years where Justin Herbert is making like six million dollars a year. It's not gonna be much longer before he's making two hundred and forty million dollar contract and like he's gonna kill your cap. These are the years you want to and they have. They went out and got J.C. Jackson. That was a horrible, horrible situation. I thought that was going to work out great. Um, he got benched. He got injured. And, you know, it's not working out for them. 
Cleo Mack, I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers, but like Cleo Mack's always great, but like he hasn't like changed think, the defense at all. I think he was hurt for a lot of the year too. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those situations that's tough. Um, but honestly, like a Sean Payton going to the Chargers makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I also think too that, um, I mean, going back to it, I think Frank Reich would also be good there as well because he's been a coach for the Chargers in the past. Yeah. He was the quarterback's coach there. He was, uh, he was, uh, yeah, he was Phil Rivers' uh, quarterback coach for a while. So he's familiar with the team for the most part. And ultimately, too, like he's done wonders with quarterbacks. So I think he could be, I think he could be somebody that could really help them. But yeah, I'd be curious to see. I think. I think San Diego is kind of reluctant that they got into the playoffs because now they're stuck with him. As Gatto said, like, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Like, yeah, but do they really want to be with this guy? The guy who wants to like go for it on every fourth down and then doesn't. And then that's when they lose or do something stupid because he overthought it. Um, I mean, I think in some cases like, okay, we didn't make the playoffs. That gives us the leeway and the leverage to be able to let somebody go who we took a shot on and didn't work. And now we can actually get the coach that we want. I think it's just been so many years where it's like, man, you have like all these guys and you can't seem to put it together. The 2004 Chargers team was like insane. And then they got Sean Merriman in 2005 because they had the Giants pick. And yeah, the 2004 and then 2000 or 2005 and then 2006 Chargers were like stupid good. Yeah. And they went like 14 and two and lost in the first round of the playoffs. Sad boys. Um, I want to get to um, some of the firings that have happened. So we've had two coaches fired at this point. Um, it is Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Lovey Smith. Let's start with Kingsbury. Um, we all kind of knew this one was going to happen um, just because that team has been really dysfunctional. They don't play well in the second half of the year, and they played like dog shit in the playoffs last year. This year was kind of a loss just because Kyler Murray was hurt, but didn't really seem like that Kingsbury had it really all together there. So what do you guys make of him, his future, aside from being the Washington Commandos offensive coordinator? Um, and where, do the, where does Arizona go? With a quarterback they paid a shit ton of money to with a blown out knee. I mean, and and that's the thing. I was like, I'd just like to process or kind of go back to the the fact that I think everything in their entire game plan hinge on Kyler Murray delivering for yeah. them, and that's just way too much for any player in general to you know have as a burden. Like it's you know it's a twenty two man it's a 53 man roster but you know there's 22 players out on the field or at any given time right Mm -hmm. um you you got to be able to rely on other players on that on that team to to take some of that workload and do some of that stuff and to say like oh if this plan doesn't go exactly as according we have nothing we can't do nothing i mean it's always scary when your game plan hinges around one player, right? Yeah. And I also want to point out, by the way, that Kyler Murray got hurt late in the season. So it's typically like what, like a six to eight month recovery. So it might bleed into the, the next season where before he's like really able to play. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I would um I would be generally concerned for that team because I think they're kind of trapped in a in a weird spot right now where they really don't know like what direction to go in. They don't really have like they can't have a quarterback on the roster because they're paying Kyler so much money. I think they've they're it, the, the was it? Lewis they, Riddick was talking about it today. He's like, they're kind of stuck right now. They're kind of trapped. And Steve Kime got like moved aside too. So I think that's that, good though, because if you are going to ultimately make a change there, root and stem, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, start over. It's it's just so wild how like if you look at that uh, division, like the 49ers are like the exact opposite like genetic makeup of of the cardinals right oh yeah (laughs) the way they operate the way the way their their pieces are what what they have where like this is a team that's doing it kind of in spite of not having a quarterback where the quarterback has become like the 40 with the 49ers like they're different than every team in the league right now in the sense that the quarterback has become like the pivotal position to make the offense move at all and they're doing everything with what seems like the quarterback they didn't plan to do it with, right? Twice, by the way. <laughs> I would say three times, but that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really becomes kind of wild to see, like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we need to rethink the current trend on, you know, what a productive offense is, and get away from that Mahomesian style offense. Even if it seems to be effective one place, it might not necessarily be key anywhere else yeah Hmm. yeah i i agree that they're kind of stuck i because at this point right you you're gonna have to get somebody who's on if kyler had not torn his acl i think it's a completely different story but like now it's like you have to hope that he's back early next season you're kind of walking into a and again his mobility is one of the things that like is his highlights and is he ever going to be the same again? I think history says probably, yeah. You know, he's a young guy. ACLs are pretty routine now. You really got to hope not another Call of Duty comes out, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking ranking them. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it. There, there were already questions about that. And that's why like, when they doubled down and they gave Kime, Kingsbury, and Kyler all an extension, I was like, that just doesn't seem smart. Yeah. Especially because Kime, like, what has Kime done? Like, I mean, that roster is not that good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he gets a lot of credit for them just being okay, considering how bad the Cardinals were for so long. And, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is there until 2024, and they're paying him a shit ton of money to be there too. And he missed like a big chunk of the season to start, so. They also don't really have any running backs. J.J. Watt is a a mercenary who's going to retire. <laughs> yeah, he, he's officially done. Yeah. Yeah, he's out. So, I mean, time will tell. And ultimately, like, Kyler is good at some things. I don't think he's good at – I don't think he's the guy who's going to take you over the top unless there's some real development that happens. I, I just think he needs refinement. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm still a big Kyler guy. Um, I still think I still think he's a you're a little <laughs> Kyler guy, though. <laughs> you got me. Um, I, I listen. The arm talent is evident. Um, 
I I need to see him kind of change. Like I want him to adapt like a more like killer mindset because like sometimes he just seems like kind of ho-hum about things. But like I think a good quarterback coach can fix that. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah, I think I think he just needs a little refinement. He's still a very young guy. So uh, I still think that he's by the way, Titans just fired uh Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator. Okay. Who cares? <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, the other head coach that got fired was Lovey Smith. And that happened like late last night. Um, I don't know whether I feel bad for Lovey or saying Lovey, like, why did you go out and win that game? I'm so happy for Lovey Smith that I'm he's like freed from that team. He, cause number one coaching contracts are guaranteed. So he's going to get every single fucking penny of that contract for one year of work. And he's doesn't have to deal with that dumpster fire anymore because they're a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them though, because I think they've had pretty high draft picks the last couple of years. And now, now who do they go out and get? They're either going to get Bryce young or CJ Stroud. And, and again, they got to hope now because the bears being in that one spot. Now I, they, I don't think they're going to trade out. Um, but at the same time, if the Colts, I think the Colts pick fourth. So if they pick fourth and they give the Bears, you know, a nice, decent package, they could jump in front of them. Now, maybe maybe the Texans like both of these quarterbacks equally. Um, but I, I don't know, man, like it, it you just cost yourself potentially a lot. But I still think that the Bears stay pat and they're going to take um, they're going to take Will Anderson from Bama. He's a special pass rusher. He might be better. Good. Yeah, he he's he's better than like Hutch, like if if he went in the draft last year, he's the number one pick. Gotcha. So, Gato, what do you think about the Texans? Talk to me. I I actually don't really have a thing to say about them. I, I just <laughs> you and the entire fan base. <laughs> no, I like. I mean, Gato, uh, Gato, would you agree that? Like of what I said earlier, which was that they hired Lovey Smith because they wanted to hire Josh McCowan, but the 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 Miami Dolphins situation was going on, and they were like, "We can't hire Josh McCowan off the street." I, you know, I think we were kind of all like, there might have been something like that, but then this is probably ten times worse than right because they it's did, so much worse. They did exactly what they've been they've been accusing, uh, you know, the NFL teams of doing right and. Um, I look, we're at the bar yesterday and we're, we're watching as the Texans decide to have this moral victory. And I, at a certain point, I, I wonder if like, you know, it's like they really want to win this. I'm like, is this, is this Lovey Smith trying to get out of this situation? Like, you know, he's well aware that this doesn't, this hurts them more than anything. Else, Fired right? for losing, you'd say? A fire for winning. Excuse Fired me. for winning. Yes, yeah. I, I reminds me of a situation. Yeah. Oh, oh. and then another AFC team, no doubt. <laughs> um, for, by the way, four years, twenty-two million. He signed for this uh, past offseason. So he's also wow. got money from Illinois and Tampa too that they gave him. Get Get, paid that, Get that money, Lovey. Um. So stupid. I don't know. I like it just yeah. I I mean at that point you do what like the Giants did yesterday and that's like, you know, turn turn that into a 2024 tryout 
you know, and, and use the live gameplay to see how some of those guys are and if they should stick around or not, right? Are they worth it? Is there a New England guy in the GM position in Nick Casario, yeah. Yeah, that team's fucked. <laughs> None of those Patriots like front office guys have ever worked out. They all get hired, they all goof around for a couple of years, and they all get fired because Bill Belichick is the one that runs that team, and Bill Belichick runs that team with his brain, and all those guys are just kind of there, and they just sit around. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is, but at the same time, like, Cas- Casario, I think he's got his work cut out for him, and he'll probably get fired in two years. They were talking about potentially letting him go with Lovey. Now, no decision's been made yet, but the problem is you're going to have to, like, convince somebody to come in here and by, like, oh, yeah, we just – Fired Casario after two years. And David the way, Culley the year before that, too. Two coaches in two years. Like, it seems like the McNair family likes to kind of involve themselves in the uh, situation. So, I, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be hard, man. You're going to have to convince somebody to fucking like uproot their life and their children potentially to, uh, you know, Houston to, to get fired after a year. And then get fired. <laughs> yeah. To get fired after one season and like for, for like, Davis fucking Mills at quarterback. Like, no disrespect to Davis Mills, but come Oh, on. full disrespect to Davis. <laughs> I just, like, I don't get it, man. Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to do. Um, So. Do you all see anybody else getting fired? <sighs> man. um, I will throw one out there that I think could happen. Okay. Our favorite, favorite guy ever. Mike McCarthy. Yes. I still think that if the if the if the if if they go into down to Tampa and it's Monday night, it's the last game of the week. If they go to Tampa, fucking Tom Brady's fucking 45-year-old ass goes down there and beats them. I don't care if you're on the road. I don't give a shit. You are the far superior and far healthier team mm-hmm. than the Bucks. If you go down there and you don't beat them and you don't beat them to like to beat them to death, Mike McCarthy, like I don't want Mike McCarthy to, to go anywhere. I hope he has a lifetime contract with the Cowboys because they will continue to fuck up. But like I, I could see Jerry Jones getting very impatient. Also, you got to factor in Kellen Moore is probably going to get some interviews. I don't know why. Well, the Cowboys offenses. I mean, like I look, I hate the Cowboys, but their offense is really good. I mean, yeah. it is. It's fine. It, it, it's, it's, fine. it's hot and cold, but I, I don't think that's Kellen Moore's fault. Um, he's going to get some interviews. They really like him. So I think that if they see an opportunity to rid themselves of McCarthy and elevate Kellen Moore, it's a potential thing. But also, Sean Payton has been Jerry Jones's white whale for the last, like, five or six years. So now that he's, like, kind of dipping his toe back in, don't be surprised if he, like, throws the bag at him. Mm-hmm. So just throwing it out there. Yeah. To play devil's advocate, though, I mean, we're talking about a Cowboys team that did win 12 games this year, and they always kind of struggle. 13. Well, they always kind of struggle against the Commanders. They always play tough against the Commanders. How about you guys? Or the Commanders play tough against them, rather, I would say. What, um, do you guys, what do you guys think as far as coaches, though? 
I think Dennis Allen will probably get fired. That's I think they're gonna want. I think they're gonna want to strip that team and start over. I find that interesting though, because like it is really not his fault. What no, happened there. but I think they're gonna say like, "Hey, we're gonna strip this team down to the studs. Do you want to be around for this?" And he'd be like, "I, I've already was on one dog shit team with the Raiders. I don't want to be on a second one." Um, I think Tampa is probably in the same situation where it's like same way with the Chargers. Like, fuck, like we got into the playoffs. We really wanted to fire everybody on this team. Um, in I, I think, think I think if McCarthy doesn't go anywhere, he gets fired. If they get embarrassed in the first round, he's gone. And Dan Quinn becomes the coach there to be like a perpetual like. So you think Dan Quinn over Kellen Moore? Yeah. I I, I can't argue with it. I mean, I think either one. This is how it's going to go. Are you ready? Is your body prepared? I'm ready. So they went after Bill Parcells. They went. Uh, remind me of the guy's name. Uh, after Bill Wade Parcells. Phillips. Yeah. They went Wade Phillips. Son of Bone. And, and Jason Garrett was there with his visor and his shirt tucked into his gym shorts, waiting, waiting. They're going to give Dan Quinn like a year and a half and they're going to fire him and it will be Kellen Moore's team. And it's going to be Jason Garrett 2.0 with the same amount of like experience and the same amount of like success, which is zero. History repeats itself. It could be. It could be. Do you guys think that Sean McVay retires? I think he takes like two years off and comes back. That man has it pretty set up. He's he's 36, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, if I'm him, I spend five years in the booth, make Tony Romo money, and then if some team wants to offer me $200 million and full control to come back, I'll do it. I'll give you an alternative for him. He goes front office for a little bit. Ooh. So like general manager or? Yeah. So he's 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 – because it's a lot of let's, work, let, but but look, let's let's talk about what he did to make the Rams win a Super Bowl. Was he he worked with he worked with um, Matt Stafford? They recruited. They did all of that that work. He goes into a recruiting mode, and I think he's someone that young players could really get excited to to play for somewhere. And once he's kind of gotten that going, he's basically built a network of of players on a team now it's perfect time to come back in and grab the clipboard right i i don't i can't i can't argue with that um my only thing though is that like he's kind of talked about being burnt and i think that that would still be kind of a burning job to where like being an announcer he's like just show up and talk football cool man oh you're gonna pay me 20 million dollars a year to do that okay you know, instead of having to do like scouting and all that other shit. So I think if, I think he would probably go on in the booth for like five years and then like or wait until somebody offers like a if, nasty if I, number. If I'm him though, I'm not doing the booth thing. I'm doing the in studio thing. Like if you wanna yeah. like if you want to get recharged, then you yeah, live you in don't New want to York. Do traveling. Yeah, you go to ESPN every day in like the, the Navy pier or whatever, or whatever the fuck it's called. And you like talk on first take and you do <laughs> he's going to sit there with Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> yeah. You go on. Sean McVay, what you just said right there was the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. How did you win a Super Bowl? I'm here to tell I, you 
We don't I, care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I, I I think it's just uh, you know I, I want to see him in a front in in the front office just for the the fact that he would be someone who would actually like scout a lot of superstars that people wouldn't be expecting into the NFL. He would have the eye for it. He 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 would do a great job of picking. He's such players. a good coach that like clearly the Rams benefited from his presence, obviously because. They were like the destination for like I want to win a Super Bowl, so I'm going to go to the Rams. Um, that team, though, man, they they that I don't what what pick is it that they now have to give uh, to Detroit? I'm I'm curious. Oh, uh, the, the sixth pick? It's, is it the sixth pick? I could tell you in one second. Because God damn, man, they they said it's fuck those pick. picks. They said fuck pick. those picks. We're going all in, and they fucking – this was not the year to do that. And uh, it's a good draft, too. So, like, they're going to they're gonna miss out on a really good player um, for for the Matthew Stafford trade. And the, the thing I think that ends up being more unfortunate for them losing out picks this season is that um, Arizona Cardinals end up ahead of you in that, right? So they're yeah. – they're, on top of on top of you missing out on those picks, like the Cardinals are also going to be taking the third pick overall, and it's like that's going to burn. And not on. to mention also that like Aaron Donald was talking about retiring last offseason. Yeah, he's gone this year. So I think he's he, done. He might be done. Um, so then you start talking about like maybe starting trade Cooper Cup, like get as much as you can, but he's coming off a bad year. Just like they're kind of stuck, man. They you want to think you we talked about the Cardinals being stuck. The Rams are fucking stuck. They're they're in yeah. a very rough place right now. I will say though, I think it's it will be a lesser NFL if Sean McVay leaves. And the reason why I say that is because there's not a lot of coaches like him. There's not a lot of like charismatic, funny, interesting guys that McVay see is a very personable person. And you get a lot of like the coach speak, like don't say a whole lot. Don't be interesting. You have a lot of guys like that, but McVeigh is actually somebody that you like, he's having a press conference. Yeah. You want to listen to that because he's actually like a really smart guy. I'm not saying that coaches aren't smart, but like they don't really show a lot of their personality. And I, I think whatever he does, whether he stays in the league, whether he, take some time off whether he goes and works in an nfl studio somewhere if he works with the nfl network i think he'll draw a lot of attention and if he ends up going to the booth to like go to games i think tony romo's in serious trouble because if tony romo is a smart guy but fuck me is he an uninteresting flub (laughs) i mean i really enjoy when he calls games um I mean, I guess he's he's like a good predictor, but he's just like a dork. You know what he, I mean? He can read it. Sometimes I, it seems I like him. It seems like he's yeah. Like uh, compared to some uh, some announcing that you, you've heard over the years, I feel like he's he's someone that you can you can kind of you can put him on, and it's like I'm not gonna get upset when he has like a bad take. You know what I mean? He's just like a generally nice person. Like, I don't always feel that with some announcers. <laughs> I, I think he brings a lot of energy, and sometimes it comes off very cringe. I agree with that. Yeah, but but at the same time, though, I do I do like his enthusiasm. 
Um, there's an announcer. I don't know if you guys who know who Gus Johnson is. Yeah, he's my favorite fucking announcer. I wish he Most... did NFL games. Yeah, I wish I wish Gus Johnson did NFL games because he does college football on Fox, and it's always the best game because he's so he will like freak out when a big play happens. It's great. So I'd love to see. I, I'm I'm rooting for Gus Johnson to get more NFL games. Maybe yeah. maybe they should go out and get some like of the uh, Latin America like soccer announcers. That would be <laughs> that's actually not bad. Yeah. I'm actually gonna say one of my favorite up and coming announcers though, Mark Sanchez. Hmm. He uh, he did a Giants game. I don't remember which they, game he did. Uh, it was it was the London games. He was doing. He was it was doing the Overseas London game. You're games. right. Yes, yeah. it was the London game. Yeah, he's pretty and good. He was great. I yeah. really enjoyed his commentary. So I'm actually, I actually really think he did a great job. And also, uh, Greg Olson, I like a lot too. Greg yeah. Olson's fine. He talks a little bit too much shit. He's like, he thinks he's like a guy who played in the '80s. I'm I like, love Greg Olson. Dude, you... I'm, I'm, I am a fan of the Miami University, the U. And I love, I love guys. I love any guy that comes from there. So for me, like, you know, I, I think you've I'm, underlined I'm, though, all three of them just kind of have a good positive energy when yeah. announcing. And I, well, think they're all guys that we grew up watching too, except for Gus. I don't remember. I don't no, no, no. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think, I don't know if Gus Johnson played. I, and I will say, did he play? I, I wonder about the future of announcing um, being the way it is. Um, I don't know if with a, like they're going to be throwing big money at guys for that much longer, in my opinion. I think that comes to a screeching halt very soon. Um, with all of the new casts that are going on with, with uh, YouTube um, coming in and getting the big contract. Um. I see many, many casts of the games with different announcers that are not even traditional football guys. They could be from all over, right? Like there was the fully hosted Barstool uh, college game. That drew, by the way, no, no, if you look it up, that drew there are a lot of people to watch it. I have no people. doubt, by the way. Uh, it was hugely Port- successful. Portnoy was on Rogan uh, the other day. We might have to unpack that eventually. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. I agree. I do agree with you. I do think that there's going to be a bigger uh, field, but I think there's a lot of candidates though. So they're still going to be vying for those top tier guys. So, but I'm saying the whole convention of how commentary is done feed wise is going to change significantly. You're going to have with every stream, like it's going to go all streaming. We're all going to be streaming every game at some point and what will be the case is that you'll have an option of different commentators and you'll just pick the set of commentators you most like um and that's and that's where it's going to go and it's going to be significantly cheaper they're not going to be giving out big contracts so you're not going to attract superstar power you'll get surprisingly you'll find very unconditional people like um those that have big social media followings. Um, yeah. Who's who's that guy we love his clips of? Brandon. Uh, he does the videos where it's it's him talking and he pretends to be the different players of the different teams. We we always share his videos. Oh, you guys know. Uh, back with Brand or 
something. I, I forget now. While you're looking that up, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you in the sense that I think sports commentary has kind of been shifting to more of like a personal or like a less professional sense for a while. I think just the rise of barstool has kind of changed a lot of things, but also there's like less formalness when it comes to how games are announced. Um, in terms of like that, that barstool bowl game, I am generally supportive of stuff like that because I don't think anybody was going to watch that bowl game unless barstool ran it. Like a really good point. I think the players liked it because they got a lot of attention. Yeah. Barstool spotlighted a lot of those guys. They had that whole like bit about like how DBs can't catch. And that's why they're DBs and not receivers, which was funny. And ultimately, like if we're going to have like bull season where there's like 30 plus games and what seven of them are worth watching, um, you're going to have to spice it up a little bit. You're going to have to make these games a little bit more entertaining. And if it's not going to be on the field because you don't know the teams and the players, you're going to have to make it through like the gimmicks that they do. The showmanship yeah. that they're able to provide, uh, especially with the the ability to reach a deeper, diverse fan base, it really does pair well. The gambling side of it makes me a little bit nervous just because how hard Barstool and some of like DraftKings, how hard they push that shit on people during the games makes me a little, gives me a lot of pause for what that's going to look like moving forward. But I mean, if it gets attention on players that play on like regional television or they play on like their university TV station, like let them have it. These yeah, guys are I, not going to play professional. They might as well have some fun and get some stuff out of it. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, Tom, I, I found it very encouraging, actually, the whole bar stool thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, it was it's it's really good to see that they're able to bring to spotlight some of these teams that deserved that attention, but they weren't going to get it because these were going to be, you know, boring bowl games otherwise, right? So, You're right. And you weren't going to watch them anyway, so. Well, not you just have, you, but like all of us weren't. Yeah, like you, you, you now had a reason to tune in that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, it, the game is going to be starting soon, so I want to get predictions. Um, on the record, it is seven twenty in the PM. I'll start. Yeah. I'm going with Georgia, and I'm going thirty-five twenty-eight. You got Georgia 35-28? Yep. Gato, you want to go? I uh, I really don't have a score per se. Take a guess. I would, I would actually air that Georgia would win, but it would be great to see TCU win for some weird reason. I just like you, the just... horny toads <laughs> or whatever they are. The, the horned the, the horn horn frogs. Toad. Horn frogs, yeah. The horned frogs. The horny toads. The horny toads. That Gato, if, Gato, if you had a team, <laughs> that would be your team. The horny um, toads. No, you, you don't. You just take a random guess. It can be random guess. You know, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's good. Uh, what did you say? I said 35 28 Georgia. Damn, because that is a pretty good score right there. Uh, I will have to say 27, 18. No, 16. Let's go 16. Uh, Georgia or TCU? Georgia. Okay. Tom? 42-10, Georgia. Ooh. Man. I don't think people understand that. Georgia's good. 
Georgia is good. They are very good. And also, SE teams be built different. What did I say? What did I say when we were watching the game? We, you know, we were kind of following the Michigan, um, Michigan game. It's like whoever whoever wins this game gets the honor of losing to Georgia next week. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I I I think TCU deserves a lot of credit. I think they have a really good team. Don't get me wrong. I think they're a really competitive squad. But let's be real. Like Georgia recruits from like these places where it's a pastime for them. And I mean, TCU has done well with the players that they're able to get. But if you're offered like, Hey, you can play at Georgia or you can play at TCU, which one you want to play at? Like go dogs, baby. Like, I don't know what to tell you. All right, you know what? Fuck, fuck you guys. I'm built different. 35, 28 TCU. Okay. Go be sad. <laughs> I mean, just there's nothing happens if you don't predict it. Right. Yeah, you know what? Unless we want to like implement implement like a punishment system for this. Ooh, now you're talking my language. Punishment league. You have to wear go. like a, a leather mask in the next episode with a zipper mouth. I, I mean, I would do that. I was thinking about doing that anyhow. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I am right. machine. So we're we're yeah we're coming up to the game now. So I I figured we throw it out there. So Tom, you think it's a blowout? Gato, you yeah. think it's a somewhat blowout? And uh, I'm going to go with the horn. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll ride with the horn frogs. It's okay. I think it's going to be very like if, if it's, if it's not like Tom predicts an absolute dominating blowout, it's just going to be a weird sloppy game. Like there's no other option. <laughs> like it's only by luck. It's close. in in my opinion, I am not as like in love with the law firm of Stetson Bennett as some people are, but I just think that defense is going to rue the day. By the way, Stetson Bennett is like a couple months older than Lamar Jackson. Fuck off. That's serious. I, I don't believe you. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. I'm going to look this up. He's 25 years old. Yeah, but is he like a like seven-year player too? Yeah, he's but, been in, he's been there forever. Oh boy. I mean, with a name like Stetson, I feel like you're already like five years older than everybody else. It's been there for six years. Yeah. His He's name got- is Stetson Fleming <laughs> Bennett the fourth to you, sir. <laughs> Big time four energy on him. But yeah, I mean, Georgia has always gotten away with like decent quarterbacks and he's just another one of them. It's a shame because JT Daniels went there and had to leave because he's like, I can't fucking beat this guy. I don't know why. Also, they had the king, Jay, uh, the king of the QB sneaks, Jake Fromm from State Farm. Yes. But, by the way, had Justin Fields, and then they were like, nah, you're not very good. Yeah, Go we Ohio like Jake State. Fromm more. We like Jake Fromm better than Justin Fields. Because Ju- Justin Fields was like the king of Georgia at that time. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was football. filthy. Yeah. You know, what scares me about that is that is very much like the story of Tom Brady. Between him and Drew Henson, yeah. And uh, who was the starting quarterback there, though? Was it – oh, it was – fuck, what's it? Brian Brian Greasy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's incredibly mediocre as a professional. Um, all right, guys. Well, what do you want to do now? Do you want to do some, uh, 
you know, playoff implications for the NFL? Do you want to move to the dessert section, which is politics, or how do we want to play this? How palatable? Do we want to do? Uh, do we want to do Super Bowl predictions since it's, it hasn't started yet and we'll already be around in at that point? So I feel like it's like we we don't have to pick the score, but like frankly, Q, you've teams. already put it in at least one fan's mind. Okay. Now they want to know. We're okay. gonna have to give the people what they want. Give the fucking people what they want. So, how do you guys want to do this? So we can do, uh, you know, if we want to go opposite the way we went the last time. If not, I don't. You know, are we you picking guys. who we thinks in the Super Bowl? Who we thinks in A- NFC round? NFC Championship, AFC Championship, Super Bowl? All right. Okay. So uh, I'll I'll take the NFC Championship. I think it's very I, to me. This seems very very easy. <laughs> it's going to be Eagles 49ers. I I just they're both just way they they the whole season they just outclassed everybody on the field and I don't think I the only team that I could see that has some sort of crazy like you know uh giant like run and it's not the giants i think it's the seattle seahawks actually could do some sort of crazy run mm. it is it is gino's ear um uh, but other than other than them being the true wild card of this nfl race um i can't see it and and i think i i i'm rooting for 49ers in that situation so i would expect to see them pull that one out but so I don't know because that that Eagles defense is dirty and they get a lot of sacks. And... So so you have Eagles Niners for the NFC. Who did you have for the AFC? So for AFC, Chiefs Bills. I go Bills. I am doing that traditional one two. Which if you look back over the last what is it five seven years, um, it's typically I how it number... shakes out, right? No, it's not. What? <laughs> no, yeah, it's no. not. The number one seed seldom actually does make it. <laughs> True. Interesting. All right. So you got the – who do you have in the Super Bowl then? Who's going to uh, win? I have I have Bills. Uh, we started this year saying Bills. I'm ending the year saying Bills. Bills, Bills against, over Niners. Bills over Niners. Okay. Bills over Niners. That'd be a good Super Bowl. Yeah. I think so. All right. Well, I guess I'll go next then. Um, I'm not copying off of you, Gato. Promise. Uh, but I do also have the pretty much the same matchups. I have Philadelphia uh, versus the Niners. I also have the Chiefs versus the Bills. But I have opposite teams making it. I have mm-hmm. the Chiefs and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> I feel like I just can't go with the Eagles, right? <laughs> I don't want it to happen. Trust me, but like <laughs> I don't even I, want to speak the words into. I don't even want to. I don't even like talking about it. But like, it's just I, I, I. To me, a team that can play like heavy, good pass rush defense, and a team that can just run down your throat in the playoffs, um, going against you know, I mean, even San Francisco is probably the best matchup for them, and I'm and I hope that San Francisco does make it over them, but like. I just don't see it happening. Is, and and maybe we should wait for after Tom. Uh, yeah, let's wait for after Tom because I do have 
one per, one team in particular I'm interested to see how you guys feel about. Um, Tom, what's your prediction here? Point of order first. Um, who does Kansas City, what bracket do they play when they play their game? Do they play LA they're playing, Jacksonville? They're playing Jacksonville and Chargers, yes. Okay. So... Hmm. I'm going to go Bills Chiefs and I think the Bills win and this is going to be the most like wonkiest thing that's going to happen but I'm going to go Eagles Vikings interesting you cannot count Kirk Cousins out oh, uh... he can't keep doing this to us but he will <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the Vikings have been all or nothing this year, so it could be all, it could be nothing, but it's like, if they're hot, I just, that defense worries me, but I would agree too, but they're playing that first game at home and I mean, they have the luck dome. Yeah, they have, can, 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 can the giants like continue this, like cinderella season you know the the one thing with the with the vikings is that they won a lot of those games very close at the very end and that record doesn't reflect how close each and every one of those games ended up being for them and when when you're relying on like chipping 60 yard field goals to to win them i mean i think I think you have statistics like that. It's very rare that a team gets 13 wins in a season, most coming that way. And... Yeah. I mean, they're. I think the thing is, though, is that they've won a lot of games from behind. And sure. I think that okay. kind of experience is good for them, particularly when they're playing like inexperienced teams. Like they're playing the Giants in the first round. They beat the Giants already. It's probably a. Probably a game the Giants could have won. I want to point out, just going to point this out here, okay? The Giants lost that game barely, and it was like a Richie James drop pass that could have sealed it. And also did not have a Dory Jackson, who they're probably going to have back this weekend, and didn't have Xavier McKinney. So that DB group was very light. So I still think the Vikings are going to beat the Giants. Yeah, it's not an indictment on the Giants. I think it's more so just like, I think this is a, of all of the teams to play, I think this is obviously the easier one to play um, just because. I was worried we were going to get San Francisco in the first round. I'm like, I don't want San Francisco. Yeah, you don't want to watch that. So all that to be said, Eagles, Chiefs, I think the Chiefs win it. So you got the same as me then. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Different way to get there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I do have to ask though. Does the Cincinnati Bengals go on another playoff tear again? They've been really hot. They've been making it work. Disrespected too. And uh, yeah, I think I think people are kind of forgetting because of the way the the season has kind of you know panned out. Like just how how much of an effort they've been putting in, how good they still are, and that Joe Burrow is the coolest man in the NFL. He is great. Yeah. And 
honestly, I think they are only like alive because of him. Honestly, <laughs> I would agree with that. I that team would have been dead and buried if he wasn't on it. It's weird because this is the one one of the pl- places that I feel like the coaching is always the biggest question mark on the field. Like Zach Taylor nearly cost him a, t- a touchdown <laughs> last week. He was running down the field to try to stop them from uh, from taking uh, from from running the play, and essentially he didn't get there in time. And they ended up and and uh, Mixon ended up scoring the touchdown anyhow. And he he then verbally berated the refs for not letting him stop his team from scoring. So. <laughs> it was, it was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So some good picks though we got there. It's not bad. I don't I don't like mine because I don't want the Eagles to make it to the fucking Super Bowl. But no, you, you know. don't. But isn't it better if they end up being first loser? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they go if they go to the Super Bowl and they play the Chiefs, like they are. They're in for the fight of their lives because the the Chiefs be have really game. been playing with their food the whole year. We'll see. How many um, how many chips does do the Eagles have? They have one. three, four. They only have one. Oh, only one. No. Yeah, no. They were yeah, the king of they were the kings of no rings for oh. a very long time, and that uh, that game against the Patriots, yeah. That's why I hated that game because I was watching that. I was watching that game at work, ugh. and like it was just like, oh, just this sucks. <laughs> like I have to watch the fucking Eagles win the Super Bowl. Come on, and fucking Nick Foles of all people. So, guys, yes, our government's falling apart. How you guys That's, feeling? You know, the usual. I- I made a bucket of popcorn and watched that Friday night. Stood stood up to watch that happen. That was fun. What do we what do we make of this? Because this is this hasn't happened since what eighteen fifty five, I think it was. And uh, we all know what happened next. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually like to sound the alarm on that, but like it seems like you know the alarm's been ringing for a while. Do you so you know we're all left leaning people here? There's I don't there's any shock to that. Um, is this good or bad? What what Matt Gates is doing? It's bad. Bad overall, or um, it sets a weird precedent and it sets a weird tone because ultimately, um, I mean I am by no means a fan of Kevin McCarthy, but he is effectively a speaker in name only. Like he had to give up so much in order just to get that spot. And if one person within the Republican Party in Congress, in the House of Representatives, doesn't like what he is doing, they can put it up to a vote and have him removed. So he is, has to be in locked up with everybody. And it doesn't – he's in a really tough spot because he's not going to be able to legislate. He's only going to be able to legislate the batshit crazy stuff. And is that not a good thing though? Because the things that they want to legislate are not good. It's not good, but at the same time, it's not governing. And I think that's the problem. That's what frustrates people, and that's what alienates voters. And like, when you have a government that is unwilling to do anything, 
that's where people get annoyed and that's where people lose faith. Granted, like the Senate is led by the Democratic Party and Biden is still president. So not a whole lot of stuff's going to go through. But I mean, their first thing that they want to do is roll back that move to hire more IRS agents because it's like a vanity project for them. Yeah. It's not going to pass. It's not going to go anywhere. But all the same, it's a fucking symbology thing. Ah, 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 ah. You guys are such pawns. Tell us more, Gatto. A sucker is born every minute in this country, I swear. They. Well, what do you think? I think the Republicans were playing everybody, and it was all theatrics. The entirety of it is theatrics. Because... What you said is actually very pivotal, right, Tom? You said, here's a guy who's got to be in lockstep with the entire party. And so what I think they did here was they made it a whole big old fucking thing that Donald Trump was on the phone and he was kind of calling the shots and he still has this power over the Republicans, or at least enough of them, that he's he's going to still be involved somewhere, right? And mm-hmm. they wanted to let they wanted to let some people out there know that because that makes them believe that anything that's happening is going to still be by the hand of God, Donald Trump. Right. And on the other side, the fact that for for McCarthy to actually get things done means that he has to be in lockstep. So that means he's going to look even better for getting them to all do the same things they want getting it to happen. Even though it looked like there was all this resistance, it now makes him look like he's that much better of a deal maker, that much better of a political actor. He can whip that party up when he needs to and get things done. Yeah. I I mean, it was all for perception and nothing more. Yeah. I mean, he certainly um, now, can has kind of like a blank check to do the batshit stuff. I just question whether like, is this the best way to like run a government? And people were saying like, well, he should have appealed to like the Democrats and he was, (laughs) and a part of me is like, why, why should the democratic party give him anything? If they, they did exactly what they should have did and let him like twist in the wind and get soaked. Like, being nominated 15 times or being nominated 15 times and losing 14 of them, I think does not make anybody feel better. And don't let anybody say like, Oh, this is good government shit. Like, no, it's not. It was a whole week of shit not getting done. I mean, arguably like we've been down this road for a very long time. The thing that I think is kind of stupid is that you're right, Tom, right now, the Democrats, have looked at some data and they said it we need to look like at least at least look like we're trying to work across the aisle and that's what they believe people want based off of whatever bad polling data they're taking right now they think people want moderation because they didn't vote for the very very far right in the last election and so they're going to actually try to they're going to give way and concede a lot, I think, to the right. And that's going to be a problem because I think that they're in it for keeps and they're, they're just playing everyone as 
in, in a con game. It's it's just it's all just an act. I don't give them that much credit. I don't think that's smart. Wait, you think I'm overthinking them? I think you're giving them far more credit than they deserve. Are they just that big of boogeymen in my head? That... No, because I think I think Gates is just I think Gates is just saw an opportunity to muck up the process and be a dick, and he took the, he took it. And I, I saw the symbolism that Trump was still part of the show and running. I mean, the show. a part of that sure. The call because... comes in and then he changes his vote, right? No, he. I don't think. I don't think Trump. I don't think Trump had anything to do with that. So, he he said, you know, he he gave his present vote. Everyone is pissed. They have the words. Uh, Rogers from Alabama tries to swing on him. Right. Um, that was awesome. That was funny. That, was great. that, that was great. I just I love the the like because the cameras cut away. They Someone they start following McCarthy, yeah. but you just see this hand come over his face and like pull him back like this. <laughs> to like subdue him out of it but um margie gets in there and she's got a phone and they keep making a big deal out of it because it's td or, or dt DT. right donald donald trump is but is there online. was the there was a picture of the one guy kind of waving her off too so it's like it almost seems like they wanted to make it about trump but like no one was really biting no one was really biting on i that. i feel like that detail only gets to the to the you know um the 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 anchors though that only gets to the to the talking you know to the table if they try to make a spectacle of it right why does that detail about who's on the phone otherwise who gives a shit who's on the phone right it's like it's just too well placed it's product placement 101 <laughs> donald trump is a salesman this is this is all that is right and i think that he was just tr- he was working with gates to make this look like that and I think McCarthy was in on it too. But because... but if anything, I'm telling you though, I think if anything, Gatto, I think this this got to normie media. They were talking about this everywhere, and I don't think normies like muck the process being mucked up. So if anything, if if they if they think that Gates and Trump are in cahoots to muck up the process, I don't think that bodes well for like an independent voter, you know, a suburban voter who swings both ways depending on. Uh, which whatever the way the wind is blowing, yeah. I don't think that makes them look good. But I also think it's like right now you have the fear that you're going to lose all the fringe votes, and they want to keep those because they but, need them. They need Trump them more was, than their loyal red base. I, sure, but like they're they're not going anywhere though. Like they're not going to vote for fucking Biden. But they might not vote is what comes down to it. True, but at the same time, also, like, they need moderate voters. They need, like, middle-of-the-road, you know, suburban voters to come back to them. And by, like, delaying the government and potentially stop, you know, stopping the government from fucking functioning, I don't, I again, I think they're, t- I think a lot of moderate voters are tired of this. Well, what do you do, what, what's the first direction you think that the Republicans are going to go? Because I, I honestly think it's, I think it's, what came it, out yeah. right at the same time that this yeah. vote was going on was job numbers and which are good, by the way, amazing. 239,000 <laughs> jobs added. We're down to 3.5% unemployment across the country right now. Like, what do you No, That's bad. Like, yeah, it's all it's, bad. Let me tell you why it's bad. It really actually. looks like it's going to struggle. Let me tell you why it's oh. bad. <laughs> um, Let me yeah. lend you in and tell you why it's bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, I think that they, I don't think they can do the Biden stuff that they won't want to do because I think people are fucking sick of it. They might try, and I, and again, I hope they lean into this shit because it only is going to make them look even more like ridiculous. So, and the well, the other problem is too is they don't nearly have the kind of they don't have the majority that they thought they were going to coming 20, in 25 seats they were probably thinking yeah and it's it's significantly less than that so it's yeah. not like they're going to be able to do anything that they want without any repercussions like there's going to be pushback now and they also were anticipating winning the senate which didn't happen either right. so it makes things very complicated for them and and ultimately i think both i think q you were hitting the nail right on the head like the people that voted one off for donald trump and did it reluctantly in 2020, they're really fucking tired now because now yeah. they're starting to look stupid. Yeah. And they don't want the they don't want the lunatic fringe running the show. And for whatever you want to say about Kevin McCarthy, he'll do whatever he needs to do to be in power. So whether he like appeases the lunatic lunatic fringe, the moderate fringe, or even like whatever is left of like the liberal Republican caucus that's you know, on life support right now or never actually existed. Like he'll go whichever way he's able to stick around. He's like a true politician where his like, he doesn't have any morals or values. He just goes to where it's going to be more advantageous for him. And, and, and another reason why I just, I, I think I, I think God, I think you're letting the Republicans like creep in your head a little bit is because Marge was going on fucking CNN and talking about how Lauren Boebert needs to like, get it together yeah it's like remember like anytime she saw cnn she would like hiss and fucking hiss. yell at them and now Wait, she's let's... standing there talking to fucking reporters i mean to her point she's probably right she is I mean, right which of, is but like i'm not giving a fucking she... broken clock credit for keeping the right I, time yeah no, no no but like for for any <laughs> for any for anybody that like watched her midterm uh watched the midterms like the the data suggests that she was losing her her district very very easily or very quickly and what was like a stronghold for her to, uh a few years prior was not was no longer the case and i think just... she i think she's just sucking up to mccarthy i think she wants to be on committees i think that's all it is cuz she won her reelection pretty well bobert though on the other hand but that's i don't what I'm know no, 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 that, that's, that's who i'm doing. talking about oh that's you were talking, talking about bobert okay i was okay. talking about bobert and gotcha, i'm like gotcha. what what is what is she thinking i'm sorry if i didn't make that she, clear she's not helping herself Here's at all here's someone who asa said they're going in the wrong direction and and she in the absolute direction with with it which is why i kind of said hey this is like this ha like it doesn't make sense unless someone told her she had to do this right like and, yeah and well her donors obeying orders they're saying exactly. that a lot of the super PACs were by the way your internet kind of wigged out for a second and it almost sounded like you said absolute erection it was it was great he did say it though i did <laughs> no that's exactly oh, it was did? all oh, planned okay. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. trust the plan. QAnon, let's go. Steve wins. Yeah. Dead body. Had Here we go. One, we go all. It's a, it's, yes, it's a coded message. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but I, I did read that a lot of like these super PACs that are being headed by like really far right dudes are basically like telling them to hold the line. So yeah, and it's probably trust the plan. <sighs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> all that my pillow money. 
you know, I'll I let my pillow. I, I really do think it has a lot to do with Patriots that. rise up because <laughs> Mike Lindell, like in his trailer, like in his like flat. The Patriots are in full control. <laughs> Say what you will about Mike Lindell. He still has a lot of money to throw around. And I love Mike Lindell. I hope you don't mean that. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so funny. He is the fact that he got arrested at a Hardee's or like his phone taken away at a Hardee's is just great. Oh yeah, it's timeless. They took his phone away. That's they funny. took my phone away. I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> He's got just the I, I, weirdest I, the, fucking The government voice. came over. I was ordering a fucking Hardee's burger, and they. T- <laughs> Do you but think? The- what happened in the last four days will have any implication in the next like? Are we still going to be talking about Kevin McCarthy a year from now? No, it's Who? it's it. The news cycle is too much now. It's like there were there was Trump shit that I saw and was like, oh, I forgot he said that because he just kept saying more insane shit. Yeah, I don't. Th- I I think this will be a, a footnote that we kind of go, oh yeah, yeah, I remember when this happened. But like, there's going to be too much bullshit going on over the next two years. With when that in mind, do you think that he's going to stay the Speaker of the House no. for the whole no. year? No, I think Jim Jordan will take over eventually. I mean, yeah. I, I I assume somewhere around like the seventeenth week of the uh, the Hunter Biden laptop commission, things are going to get pretty nasty. So, yeah. I think that's happening. That's I happening. Think, I think Jim Jordan. <laughs> I think Jim Jordan makes the most sense because he's one of the fringe guys who's very far right, but at the same time has enough people in his corner on the more moderate side like they think that he's like he's just asking questions he's just the guy who asks questions so i I think he'll he'll garner enough support mccarthy's just like i i think he has to kind of toe the line um republicans got drummed i mean like yeah they may have won the majority but not by much and a lot of it was due to the fact that they were just like fucking nuts yeah they went people care about hunter biden yeah they went way too hard in one direction and they fell in love with the band One Direction. But I think they, they overplayed their hand in the sense that they didn't realize that the, the rabble-rousing, like, investigation after investigation, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, we had that with the Hillary Clinton shit, and nothing happened. The Benghazi stuff, yeah. We also did it with her cell phone and the server and all that shit. Come to find out Ivanka and her fail husband also had the same thing, and it wasn't a big deal for them either. All that to be said, like people see stuff that happens in the government, and I don't know if this is a problem or it's just kind of how it is, but they look at like this stuff and they're like, meh, whatever. I don't think people care about Hunter Biden. I don't think they care. <sighs> I mean, I think don't... they care. I think a you, lot. You of think Normie? Do you think Normie voters care about Hunter Biden? I think that they want to like i think there's a lot of people out there that want to see it i think they no they i'm talking, want I'm, to know I'm talking about like there. normie voters like suburban I think so. you do okay. i think so because look they they want to know they wanted to know all the other stuff why wouldn't they want to know this because I, I well i'm i'm not saying anything i'm not saying that they don't want it based off of like principle i'm saying it because that was the promise that that they were making like Give us a big majority and we are going to take the Biden crime family down. And then they kind of just went out like a wet fart. And it was just seems like 
like New York, New York, we saw like massive gains, right? And I think it was a lot of down ticket for Zeldin. But like in in other areas, in like Michigan and Wisconsin and like Pennsylvania, they like a lot of those Republican and, and Pennsylvania districts that were like Republican were kind of light blue. So I, it seems like a lot of the more moderate Republicans are like, I don't want this shit. This I is feel serious. I feel like I'm I'm stealing from you when I say. Uh, this and that's uh, that what they really care about is economy, right? It's the but, economy, stupid. But I think that stupid, but like <laughs> that's what Norm- Bill Clinton said, like, right? Yeah. Bill Clinton said that, yeah. But I think like the, the whole thing with politics these days is you need to take those normies and then you divide them on something and then you make them go and lean one way or the other. So, how do you do that? First, you you start chipping away using the economy to separate people, and then you make it sound like the economy's in the shit because you know the Biden Hunter Biden is basically making all these dirty deals, and you you I don't think that push them away in a way in a way. I don't I, think that I, resonates I, with normies. To tell you the truth, I, well, I, my, I don't well, know. My my thought is though, like people had to pay attention to politics from 2016 to 2020 because. Every day was like the doomsday clock was at like 1158. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, though, Americans generally have not cared a whole lot about like the comings and goings of Congress and like all of the shit that happens in the meantime. And people want to get back to where they don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. And the problem is, though, is the Republican Party, and I would say in some cases too, the Democratic Party, they they try to gin people up. And that's why like this place is awesome this really is. offends people because he's right in that sense that it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a scare tactic. Every day is a crisis when in reality, a lot of this stuff is like negotiated in the back room and it's not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. people posture and shit, no one's going to make a decision. They're all going to end up coming to a compromise because at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be elected again. I, I, I will say I think we are just overall a more dramatic society. Everything is like a, a fucking lifetime made for TV movie. Like, I think that's a I think that's we, a fair way to act to shit these days. Like everybody's trying to get like that emotional response from their actions. It's we're we're all just we're all in it for that. We're we've become insane about it, to be honest. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think we've we collectively have been a little bit more outraged than how we've been in the past. And maybe it's just because social media has pushed us to be a little bit more outrageous and be outraged, but it's, it's because we know emotional manipulation is what garners interest or gets people's attention. You know, we have to essentially yell, you know, feel bad wolf. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, social media does this all the time, but you now you have every news channel that has effectively created a crisis every day. Like CNN got told, like, stop making everything that is news breaking news because, <laughs> like, then the nothing's new iPhone, breaking news. The new iPhone coming out is not fucking breaking news. It doesn't have like a Scud missile associated <laughs> with it. It's it's a phone. <laughs> Well, iPhone 15 iPhone. guys now with a scud muscle, a scud missile. <laughs> that would be an awesome anti-theft feature. 
By the way, Andrew Callahan, man, uh, this place rules on HBO Max. You gotta watch it; it's so good. Uh, so, Q, I tried yeah. to look for it the other day. I couldn't find it. This place rules. Yeah, I couldn't find it. It's I wonder if it got pulled. <laughs> no, no way, dude. I, I, was, I, I looked for it for a good five minutes. You typed in this place rules. I, I typed in this place. I got nothing. I typed in this place. R got nothing. This place you got nothing. It was uh, not showing for me. Hold on. At all. Hold on. It it might be there. I'm telling you what happened. I typed in was... I typed in T and it came up. It came up for you. Yeah. Roasted. Okay. So like oh. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened there because I, I thought it was like it was gonna be on my main screen. So I typed in there. T. I typed in T and the first thing came up the Fallout, Titans, Dr. Seuss, how, how the Grinch stole Christmas, and then this place rules. I mean, I'll try it again, but I did it the other day and I was like, this is odd. It was late on a Saturday night or no, a Friday night. It was late on a Friday night. Um, because I have no life and I sit at home watching television. <laughs> uh and I couldn't get it to come up on the app for whatever reason. I don't know, man. Sounds sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, I maybe I just don't know how to spell. Skill or issue. Something. I am wondering though <laughs> if they um, if they tamped it down so you couldn't like search the name and it would pop up because I think a lot of people were generally upset by it. I, or I mean, Gato's internet is just ass. And... I think your internet is ass because I literally all I did was type in T and it came up. Um, no. I wouldn't necessarily say that's an internet. And issue. by the way, by the way, on going to the main screen, there's a just added um section, and it's literally the fourth thing. So it's uh, well, we're yes. gonna do this real time, buddy. So we'll find. Yeah, out. Gatto will never fucking recover from this. He will I'm... never financially recover. Just saying, this. man. Um. So, but but anyway, so like he did a PBS. Oh, uh, yeah, it's right there. Fourth and there we go. How you it like wasn't the there the other day? I swear to God. I, I, I wouldn't have I brought know. this up and made a big stink of it otherwise. <laughs> um, but anyway, he did a PBS interview and the 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 person completely ignored his whole point and was like, why are you hanging out with Alex Jones? He's awful. He's one of the worst human beings in history. And he's like, because I'm like, I wanted access to this very controversial person. And he's like, I'm not endorsing these people. And he's like that. He's like, that's the biggest issue is that they think anytime this is the biggest problem on the left is that you talk to this person, you're endorsing them. You're endorsing their violence. And it's like, well, no, like he's like, I'm, I'm getting him on camera to look like an asshole. And he's like, that was the whole fucking point. Like he looks like a fucking giant asshole. And he's like looking at the crowd and he's like, what the fuck is this lady asking me? He's, he's great. I love uh, Andrew Callahan. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's certainly, did you all see the, uh, the Don Lemon thing where he's, Oh my like he's God. just explaining like the purpose and the rationale for the movie and Don Lemon's like, well, I don't agree with any of that. I'm like, that's your Literally, problem though. Go back and listen to it. And, and, and he, Callahan brought this up. You hear after he goes uh, media echo chamber, he talks about media left and right media echo chambers. You hear a, a click of the pen. He thinks that's him signaling to a producer to cut the interview short. Cause he, he literally, he was hearing it. Uh, in his in his in his headset but he was he was told apparently he said the reason why he acted that way because he kind of like reacts very weirdly to their their first question is because he was told that he he wasn't told that enrique tario was going to be brought up 
Mm. So for him, he's like, well, yeah. Didn't you see in the, didn't you see in the documentary that I like exposed him pretty much that he just sells shirts and, Oh, he also admitted to selling Biden shirts too for like, so he like, he doesn't believe in shit. Like, did you not get that? But also he basically said like, I can also get myself killed. Like the proud boys like give me access, but like if they see me out and I, trash Enrique Tario on live te- television on CNN like I could be injured yeah them. so he's like I'm not putting a target on my back for you know ratings and he and he explained himself perfectly like both sides have been drumming this up ever since like the fucking head of CBS I think it was Moonves who said it uh, or it might have been CBS News back in 2016 said I don't know if Donald Trump is good for America but he's good for CBS mm-hmm if, if I, I argue that we'd have either President Jeb Bush or President Hillary Clinton if the media did not give him like unlimited access back in 2016. The left and right media both. And they loved it. They ate they that shit up. Too. They fucking put it in the trough and they were eating it. So. I, and, you know, the four years that Trump was president, like news television ratings were never higher. Like the New York times and the Washington post, they all had like spikes in readership and it was all just like panic pieces too. Yep. And then now that he's gone, everything is just leveled off again. Which for is bad for ratings, but it's good for America. Yeah. <laughs> and, like if you watch like any part of like Fox news, cause we all go to the gym. And of course the first thing that's on the fucking TV is Fox news and Fox business. I was watching it this morning. I and it was like it. just fucking created outrage about like Prince Harry. And they're like, I can't believe he's talking about like his war service in Afghanistan and the people that he killed. Like, this is all about vanity. I'm like, are you telling me that like veterans shouldn't like talk about their trauma? Like, is that a thing? And they're all jammed up that it's like, oh, he's going to make money off of it. I'm like, you're fucking Fox business. You're all <laughs> capitalists. I mean, aren't you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. To their point, though, I, he's well. He's no longer. That's the thing. He's no longer a monarch. Right? He's abdicated his responsibility. He's, he's completely removed. So he's got to make money somehow. If he was still part of the royal family and he was making money off that, I'd be. I'd be a little bit like, okay, look, you know, this might need to go back to the people because they kind of fund your lifestyle. Yeah. You know. Um. I. I instantly my eyes gloss over anytime there's something about the royal family. I, I just, mean, I would agree completely, I, but when you I have trouble with it. I would agree hundred <laughs> percent with you, Gatto, but when you're stuck on the stairmaster and it's the only thing, and then on the other side Wait. it's CBS or CNBC, and it's just like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. It, We're not having fun here. It's like, you know, you look over and it's like it's nothing you really are interested in. No. Like you read the topic that they're talking about, you're not that interested in. Though I want to say that both sides are readjusting their calculus a lot. And you start to see, um, I think, some less critical pieces on the right. And I'm seeing uh, some more critical stuff on the left, which is actually a nice change of pace. I've seen where they've been a little bit more... um, At least least looking at things objectively, because I think they're realizing now that there's some smaller pieces out there that are making big waves in being authentic news sources that are trying to cut out as much spin as possible. So, well, they've all got caught like suppressing news stories and stuff like that to fit a narrative or they haven't talked about things like, 
Yeah, I mean, again, running running a television, you know, production, running a TV studio, running, you know, all uh, like getting those talking points in and and putting in the segments and whatnot. A lot of it is also pre-recorded segments and what have you. It's hard to change what you planned or had somebody coming in or flying in six hours away to talk about you 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 run that that chance that you're not going to be able to like accurately portray a breaking story on on a news cycle you know correctly or have the facts because you're so split across especially in our current day where everything's coming at you so fast right so yeah you know coming fast yeah <laughs> my autobiography <laughs> coming out in march oh god audiobook um, is coming soon i'm feeling it's like just an a lot of noise sound effects i'm feeling like an asshole i don't know about you guys you are like, an asshole tcu's Thanks. uh already making yeah 10 nothing right now georgia uh looking looking like tommy boy might have had the right mindset mm-hmm. should we uh should we start yeah all right um, well after you, sir. Thanks. Uh, I'm going Bob Iger. Uh, a lot of people were happy that he was coming back to Disney. He just announced that during a peak in COVID cases and everything like that, he is demanding four days in the office. Sure. We've talked about this numerous, uh, numerous times that like a hybrid or potentially work from home situation is not only beneficial to the business long term, but also beneficial to the people. People are happier. Productivity's up. And this guy's back five minutes and he wants people back in the office already. It's just it's just absurd. Um, There's no reason for it. And for a guy who's been there, like who was there for a long time to come back and then just like when everybody's kind of riding high and happy about his return and then just like do something that I guarantee if you polled uh, an anonymous vote uh, for Disney employees, they would absolutely fucking hate it. So I got to go with him. I I will say this. I don't, I don't think any of those things are what they mean when they say them. I don't think they actually care about having them in the office. I think when CEOs signal this, it is because they are speaking directly to investors. They're not talking to employees. And and at the end of the day, they don't to they don't care about making the employees happy. They don't, but I'm just saying that investors and and the business profitable, right? That's true, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm saying that's that's the reason why I'm saying it's a it's an asshole move. It's funny because here's the guy that you know he's very much credited for being a um, creative thinker. He comes from the the mindset that we need to do all these things. He was big on you know making sure that Disney's brand was like the moral brand uh, during his height um, as CEO, and you know now now it's a little bit of a different tune, right? It's it's you know put your heads down and get back to work kind of attitude, right? Um, it asshole. I, yeah, I now it's funny. I thought you you were gonna go with uh, who was it that that had that tweet from the Fed that you shared the other day about uh, the jobs and how. Oh yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be your asshole. I I um I I believe well that was a that was a Ken clip uh Ken clip tweet. It was basically just uh, highlighting a, an article that basically said that like. 
Wall Street's very panicked about this great jobs report. And it's like any system that ultimately like means like, hey, why do people got jobs? Oh, well, we're going to fucking tank the economy now. It, it, it almost seems backwards to is 100 like, percent right? You know, it's well, just... like high get high oil, like high oil prices are good. It means it's a good economy. Low oil prices are bad. Like I understand the dynamics at play. I get it. But it's still just like absolutely insane like i should have to pay more for gas for a better economy you it, know? W- what it comes down to is when there's lots of people working in an economy i guess that means money's moving around and they can't make money off of the flow of the money in one direction or another into right. a specific sector yep. and so it makes people who's got a lot of skin in the game very upset that they can't capitalize on a lot of cash very fast because ultimately that's why you invest all of your self-worth or whatever into into the stock market right yep. i guess i don't know i i'm i'm not that guy that's not me you're not that guy pal i'm you're not, not that, that guy, guy. got it you want to go yeah i got a really weird goofy one and and i would actually i'd say i have two um you know so there was there was a lot of people that like the okay so monday night Demar Hamlin, um, you know, everyone knows what happened there. His heart stopped on the field. He was resuscitated. He was brought to the hospital. He's hope. It seems that he's made a full recovery. I hope that he makes full recovery. Um, it was it was a very crazy scene, right? Um, to say the least. I think everybody was kind of in suspense. I don't think anyone's mind was on anything else for. A few days there to be honest um cancel the game which like never happens canceled i i felt like a lot of the right things happened right after right after we stop recording by the way yes uh that's typical i'm sure that right after we stop we should probably hit record again because something major will never happen in the news or what have you um hopefully it's not scary like that you know yeah hopefully Um, a funny thing yeah and and i think you know there was a lot of like i felt a little bit of like um, my fate in humanity was restored a little bit. There's still good people out there that care and are doing the right thing. But there are also some fucking vultures out there that take a situation like that and they try to craft it and turn a message backwards or weaponize it for their own needs. And there's that and there's people that also were upset we know one person who was pretty upset because the outcome denied them a win in a non-money league fantasy football fucking dick championship (laughs) and it's a night it's 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 an unpleasant but very important reminder that Football is not like the end all ultimate thing. There are more important things in life than your um, the bet you put in or your fantasy lineup or even your team winning. It's just a game. And for any asshole that forgot that, um, that there's other more important things out there. Yeah. You're part of the asshole of the week for me. And then the other asshole for the week for me is... Um, this one was really interesting. I saw it um, in India. A Wells Fargo executive was arrested 
And uh, what had happened was the passenger was very drunk and decided to piss on a woman. Huh. Yeah, CEO, exec, uh, CEO, not a CEO, uh, a wall, uh, a Wells Fargo executive. Um, he was arrested and detained. And the thing about it was that there's a lot of belief that America was it American Airlines. I'm trying to find uh, Air India. Um, tried to kind of cover up the situation. They tried to protect the Wells Fargo executive. Why would and they do that? Because they're just absolutely disgusting. If they're doing, if they're, if they did that for the reason, I assume is financially, this is an important person, right? I, I would have to say that it's absolutely despicable and disgusting. Um, and I just, I'm shocked by something like that. You know what I mean? Like to hear such an outlandish story like that. I mean, I was about to make that guy the sole asshole. And then I heard how it appeared that they had kind of tried to brush the whole situation under the rug. And I was like, that's, that's disgusting. That's absolutely terrible. Assholes. Yes. Asshole. Um, I'm going to go in an opposite direction because nobody pissed me off this week, which is a or good pissed thing. on you or pissed on me. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, but I'm going to go with the hero of the week and it's going to be a collection of people. I am going to go with the Buffalo bills training staff for the work that they did on Damar Hamlin when he went down and his heart stopped on the field. Um, there are reports that came out that said the CPR and the resuscitation that they did was critical for him coming back. Um, and those folks were honored at the Bills game yesterday. But I think for all that we talk about, like coaches and players and owners and GMs, the, the one group that we rarely talk about is the training staff. And they, in some cases, have a really impossible job when it's like sprained ankles and broken arms. Those are things you can fix, but you never really anticipate someone's going to go down with a major and critical situation like that. And um, the fact that they were able to respond to it so quickly and, and get DeMar Hamlin the help that he needed I think is is really admirable and you know those folks deserve a lot of credit for what happened. Yeah, I agree. Mhm. Mm yeah, the uh, you know a lot of experts cuz I don't think they've officially released what it was, right? But they said it was Camosho Cordo. Yeah, something to that effect. Um there's no like medical report that has come out yet, but I think in all likelihood, it'll probably lean in that direction. Um, yeah, it, it's the fatality rate of that, I believe, is or the survival rate. Sorry, survival rate of that is like fifty-eight percent, and that's it's risen. So, yeah, it's risen in years because of uh, trained trained professionals yeah. and uh, portable AED devices. Yeah, the defibrillators. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see it, believe it or not, you see it a lot in lacrosse, um, baseball, baseball, lacrosse. Anytime there's like a high impact sport like that, um, it's it's pretty unfortunately, it's pretty common. 
Um, but I remember he, talking to somebody who played lacrosse and then coached lacrosse. He said, like, yeah, goalies have that happen to them a lot, actually, because they're the ones they're that are taking the constantly getting shit to- tossed at them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Picks? Well, on that note, boys, let's do picks. Which one of your nose pickers wants to go first? <clears throat> I'll start it off again. I'll start it off again. I got two. Um, I've I've mentioned how did this get made before, but I'm going to throw it back out there because they just did Morbius. Oh yes. And I look. Listen. I recommend if you haven't seen it, it's horrible. It's horrible. But it was there was a funny meme about it for a while. I recommend watching it just because I want you to kind of see how ridiculous it is. It also plays more. But then listen to the episode after. It's fucking great. Manzukas, insane as ever. Um, one of my <laughs> favorites. So um, I definitely recommend that. But I actually just watched uh, The Menu mm-hmm. oh. uh, last night. <laughs> I was about oh, to no. Say. Really? All right. Well, well Gato and I are sharing uh, sharing one then. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. I, I'd seen the commercials for it. Listen, I'll watch anything Anya Taylor Joy's in. I think she's great. Uh, Ray Fines, awesome. It it was I thought it was gonna have more mystery to it, but it really kind of was more straightforward than I thought. Um, it is very weird, and it's it has some moments where I'm like, like you know, questioning my sanity. But I I, I really enjoyed it. I you know it's funny because at the same time I enjoyed they just they're fucked like it's a it's a movie that's meant to like fuck with the audience right it's purely to just make and you it, uneasy yeah. and whatnot but here's here's my question q mm-hmm. do you do you feel like catch if if you watch that movie on an off day yeah if they caught if you watch that they caught you at the wrong time you'd be like this is a giant heaping piece of shit well yeah because i like i don't need a movie to spoon feed me but I do think that, like, sometimes, a, like, a little bit of answers are good. Um, this movie was just like, no, we don't have, no. Like, it this was, is just happening. Some shit just happens in the world, and we're just doing this. And it's like, okay, but, like, what is, like, what's behind this? What What is this? And it's like, I get it. It's like, it's playing on, like, capitalism and things of like that. Like, okay, cool. I, I'm with you. There's There's a lot of metaphors in there. But it was like... This is really out of the blue. I, <laughs> I I really felt like this was this was a like this was probably like a Michelin star chef that like lost their mind and decided to write. Well, they don't, don't. Yeah, don't don't give away too much because there is sort of a mystery element to it. But um, you kind of get an idea very early on. You're like, okay, this is happening. But I was by I halfway, was literally by halfway through. You know what's happening. You I'm literally looking happen. here, and I'm like, ooh, what's this? Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And I'm like, oh no, it's not any of that. Okay, okay. So it's it's well, just exactly what I think it is. Yeah, but I, I, enjoy, I had a lot of fun though. I what I I do like is that it does poke a lot at a lot of things in like modern society, like like uh the like the pretentiousness of like yeah. fine dining mm-hmm. and um yeah you're right like capitalism and how it and how we just don't take joy in things right like well we always, we, we we take we, it for granted we go to shit on things like our almost default energy at this point is to bring something down and make it for ourselves and take away the beauty of of it sometimes and like we, the phones phones and like obviously very like anti-phone culture and all that like 
it, but it's like it was. Uh, I don't know, man. There was just a lot of it. I'm like, this is just. It's, it's really, a little much. Really wild. It, it, it's just they, there are so many moments where I'm like, this is kind of grounded and okay, this is cool, and then it's like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, Anya's uh, date was like kind of took me out of it. I'm like, this is this guy is like fucking out of his mind. Yeah. So um, I don't want to get too much. I mean, that like his character plays. Such an interesting part, though. Um, I forget uh, who's who is that guy. I don't he's, know he's his a good actor. name. I've he's seen in a him bunch in of stuff. I've, I've seen him in stuff before, though. Um, I'm trying to remember where I've seen him from. Uh, uh Nicholas Holt. What is that name? Called? Sounds familiar. Yeah, he's been in. Um, he's been. He in was in X Men. Um, Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, I think he was an X, uh, one of the X Men too. Yes, he was in X Men, Warm Bodies, uh, Fu- like I said, Fury. He Road, was good. He was good. Wish Me Dead. Um, I have no issue with with like it was just the character that was just like a little like okay, but um, Ray Fiennes is awesome. He's like I've I he's he's one of my favorite character actors, and I thought he was great in it. So I definitely recommend the menu. Um, it's on HBO Max. Uh, it was a movie that was just in theaters. I don't. I guess it didn't do very well because, like, it it kind of disappeared fast. It's again. I I sit there and I go, like, if you catch me in, in a bad mood, I'm gonna say this might have been like a giant piece of crap because it's. How often do we say that sometimes, like, we need more nuance in movies, and this is like gratuitous everything yeah. is gratuitous which goes to the whole theme it's kind of the right? whole it's, point but yeah. this movie is all about being thematic right because yeah. it's like food culture is always about a theme right so it's, yeah yeah it's it's just a really wild trip um there's, there's a lot that i like i have a lot of questions after <laughs> that i kind of wish were like at least one or two of them were answered but like i have like 15 of them and none of them were answered so well, one of the things, sometimes that's good one of the things that makes me so angry though is at the very end of the movie queue right mm-hmm. uh speaking anya non spoiler yeah, terms so um anya taylor's like character yeah like it would seem like right before they end the movie mm-hmm. it's like there's this weird shift in her like something possesses her i think i Did think that was that? i think that was kind of the point right was that like she's has like almost an inspiration i guess you can say that or there's mad cow disease or something yeah know. yeah okay that, that was the possibility. <laughs> probably not i'm gonna i'm gonna lean towards the former <laughs> Um, so would you say like a good indication of a movie is one that you'd be willing to go back to and watch it in its entirety? Well, I'll take that back. A a good indication of a movie in my eyes is like, if you're channel surfing on like a Sunday and you see that movie on, would you stop and watch it? It's inherently watchable. It's like an hour 48 and I, and it went by very, very quickly. Okay. Um, It's very watchable, especially, I don't know how a rewatch is going to do because again, it, there's, like to where like knives out the second one, the glass onion. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that back just to be able to like, oh, I missed that. Oh, let me take a look. Let me see. Look at the background. There was a lot of like subtle clues kind of hiding in the back. Um, 
So I would love to kind of revisit that. I I think it's yeah, if it's on like TBS or like on you know a cable station or something like and it's on, yeah, I'll definitely find myself watching it. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Gato, what you got? Yeah. I, <laughs> I was gonna go I was gonna go menu. I'm I'm looking for the name of this documentary. I don't know if I've actually already said this documentary either. Um it's on Netflix and I'm having trouble finding it. So there's a movie a while back and I, and this is why I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just said this like two weeks ago and I haven't gotten to watch it. I just started the first episode. Um, and we even talked about horror movies and I said, this is actually one of the scariest movies because it's plausibly real is based on a true story. Um, there's a documentary series on Netflix and I'm still looking for the name uh okay it's called don't pick up the phone and a few years back there was actually a movie that was made about the same situation called compliance and essentially what happens is a hoax caller makes a call to a fast food restaurant in which they perpetrate a undercover operation in which they request that the manager take part in it and because of the way in which fast food chains hierarchies work and the power dynamics within them it eventually leads to the violation of one of the employees and the crazy thing about the movie is that this is also very similar um well this is exactly based on what was a series of hoax calls that were made in which the hoax caller was running this script at chain to chain to chain at different locations. And um, it is, it's wild, man. It's horrifying too, for that reason. Interesting. And, and yeah. And so the documentary kind of, it's, it's a three, I think it's three episodes or something like that and it follows the crime um as as these major fast foods receive these calls from this mystery person and uh you know it eventually en- ends up with the managers um you know sexually violating the the employee and typically i believe it was female shit yeah it's some real maniacal evil shit but yeah like the whole idea and and that's the thing like the whole idea that someone was able to social engineer through a phone call all of this behavior and and people doing all of this terrible shit um is just beyond yeah it's it's wild so if that sounds insane to you, as it sounds insane to me, I'm sure you'll want to watch that. And that's on Netflix. That is called Don't Pick Up the Phone. Okay. Cool. cool. I'll yeah. dig into it. Keep the doors fucking locked. And thank God I don't have a, a landline in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to keep the Netflix trend going, even though we shat all over them last week with the recruit. Um, it's amazing how Netflix can go from absolute dog shit like the recruit to shows like don't pick up the phone and then the movie that I'm going to recommend. And that is the pale blue eye. 
which I watched this weekend. Really interesting um, adaptation of a book from Louis Bayard. Um, and the film is about a detective in 1830 who's asked to solve a satanic murder that happened at West Point. Really interesting movie where they have some historical fiction elements at play, as well as um, somebody who's playing Edgar Allan Poe is in the film. For those who don't know, Edgar Allan Poe is actually a graduate of West Point. Um, And it was just a really interesting flick. Christian Bale's in it. Um, Gillian Anderson is in it as well. Um, Toby (laughs) Jones. I didn't even realize it was her. That was the funny thing. And Robert Duvall is in it as well. and haven't seen him in a lot of stuff recently just because of his age, but I was really enthralled by it. It was a little slow at the beginning, but a lot of Christian Bale movies I've realized have that kind of like energy to them, but it really felt like everything started to come together right at the end. And I really enjoyed it. I'm going to try and watch it again next weekend because it's one of those movies that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss things. And the way the story unravels, like you want to go back and see some of these things. Um, the director is Scott Cooper. He did crazy heart out of the furnace, black mass and hostels. So he's got a nice little pedigree there of some I'm good flicks. Um, Tom, really- Tom, Tom, arguably, would you say probably one of the better twist endings that you've seen in a movie in a while? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I thought it was going to go in a certain direction and like it went completely off the rails in a totally other one. And and even the the end end, I was surprised at too. So um, the pale blue eye is my recommendation. Gatto has seen it as well. Q is going to get into it at some point. And I might might dig into that later. Again, it's a Christian Bale movie. Like he doesn't make, he doesn't make shit. Um, and the story is really good. It's really compelling. It's really dark. It's really moody. It might be one to watch at night. I watched it at like 10 o'clock in the morning because I'm a fud like that, but <laughs> also afraid of the dark. We understand that. Also afraid of the dark. Um, cool. but yeah, give it a listen. And, um, guys, you got anything else? Um, go horny toads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, guys, this was our first uh, Twitch stream. How do you feel? Happy about that? Happy New Year, fuckers! Feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. So, if you all like what you what you saw and what you listened to, you can catch us on all the major streaming platforms when it comes to YouTube and Twitch and. We actually do a podcast, and this is an episode of a podcast, and you can find that on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, all of the major um, listening platforms as well. And if you want to engage in the conversation as well, too, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Second Mouse Podcast. And again, we'll be back. We're going to splice this up for all your favorite hits, and we're going to dump it on YouTube in a little bit. But, boys, go dogs. Go horny toads. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are Walmart. And then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. 
I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>